Well, I want to thank you again for coming today. Thank you, you guys who are watching online or listening online. My name is Jared. I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you for joining us in this part four. Uh, we're almost done with this series, and I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you, guys have, you have as well. And if you haven't get, gotten to be here, this is your first time, it's okay. I'm going to catch you up on some things. But if you'd like to go back, if you hear something today that maybe sparks some interest, you want to go back and watch, or you want to share this with somebody, you can go to this uh, website, nextgenwinseries.com. You can share that online and make sure people know about it. But I, I'm excited. This series has been so so good for me, uh, just thinking about the different ways that, that I can, can change and make sure I'm doing things with the next generation, the people who are younger than me, the people behind me, no matter what age you are. This is not an age thing. This is not about those of us who have kids or grandkids. This is about anybody. If you're in high school, this is, this is great stuff for you to be listening to and, and applying because we all have a responsibility. And, we, and, and the thing is, we all agree, no matter where we are, or what background or what, where, we, where we're from, that we all agree that it's important to to make sure that we lead the next generation, that nobody wants the next generation to fail. And so we're all on common ground. This is, this is great news because we all are fighting for the same thing. We want those coming behind us to succeed, to win, to do better than we've done, to take this world and the things that they're, they're building, to take them to new heights better than we could. And so that's what's so great about this series. So here's the, kind of the bottom line we've been talking about and exploring in the, in the last few weeks that I want you guys to remember. Their standard for living is much more important than their standard of living. In other words, the, a lot of times we spend so much time and energy and intentionality on the opportunities for education or for a career or for where they're going next in terms of what their standard of living is, making good money and, and making a living. That's all important stuff. But a lot of times we don't spend even just a, maybe in the same amount or maybe the appropriate amount on their standard for living like de helping them develop character or wisdom or the values that are going to carry them through the tough times and the challenges that they'll face that we have no idea they're coming to them. And so my kind of premise for this whole series has been we must make sure that we're paying attention to the standard for living stuff. Like that's the stuff that's going to really help the next generation move forward. That's the stuff that we should be more intentional about to help them out, to help them win. And so we've talked about a couple of things. We talked about how we need to prepare them not prepare the path. In other words, we focus on helping them develop, even though sometimes it, it kind of puts them in, in a tough position, but that actually helps them grow and develop and giving them opportunities to lead before maybe they're ready is actually helpful because it helps them see where they need to grow and improve and it helps develop their character. And also we talked about last week how we may make sure we send a clear message. That we sometimes are worried that Maybe our lives and the way we live don't actually send the message we want. And so we talked about last week how to make sure we're sending a clear message. So we basically said to sell yourself out to the, to the thing that you, you say is the value, the thing. And we said last week that as Christians, that thing is to make sure that they love God more than anything else. To sell yourself out to that idea. Also to spend some time explaining the why. Admit when you don't get it right and then to keep pressing on. Like, that's how we do this. So today's topic is an extension of last week's, and, and, and I'll just tell you up front, this is going to be challenging the whole time. I don't, know, I don't know how else to do it, but to just challenge you through the whole thing. But here's what I know. The, the great thing about today's topic is everybody is going to agree with me from the very beginning. Like, I'm not going to have to fight for you to agree with me today. It's just going to be a fight in a different way. So here, here's the thing. If I, if I polled you guys today, if I sat down with all of you guys at lunch and we talked about it and I asked you one question, I guarantee I'd know that everybody's answered the question. Here's the question. The question is, hey, if you could, if you could help the next generation love people or love possessions, which one would you want to help them do? 
right? This is, this is a no-brainer question. Everybody's like, yeah, love people, I, right? And, and rightfully so. I mean, nobody out there is going, man, I, I just really want the next generation to love things more than people. I just hope they love their stuff more than people. Nobody, everybody agrees. We, we all think about this concept of loving other people and, and making sure that the next generation continues to love people more than their stuff. That seems like a no-brainer, right? So let's pray and go home, right? That's, just, that's the end of it. I, I hope we can get out here early today, but there's more to it than that. And there's actually more for us to consider. Here, most of us in the room also agree, and I would say the vast majority agree, what it means to love people more than it means to love other stuff. Like, it mean, loving other people means to serve others' interests or to serve others or to make sure we take care of others' interests before our own, that we put others first. That's kind of a primary... We may, we may kind of disagree sometimes on the how to do that well or whatever, but we all agree on the concept that we're talking about today. And this is what's so great about it. We're all going to agree with it. But Paul actually quoted Jesus as saying something that kind of we say... And I want to put it up here because we say this all the time. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. We say this so many times. We say this around the holidays. We say this around different times of the year. But let me just ask you the really hard question today. How well are you doing at living it? Like, I, mean, I know we say this really well, and we do a great job of talking about the right things, and, and here's the problem. It's not just enough for us to make sure the next generation knows the right answer, right? Because knowing the right answer is easy. We all know the right answer. We're supposed to love people more than our stuff. That's, that's the right answer. So let me ask you this question. How are you doing at modeling this? How are you doing at making sure that, that you actually love people more than your stuff or more than your possessions? How are you doing that? Because this is what we need to explore this morning. Is because if we're going to make sure that the next generation knows how to do this and is going to do it, then we have to do it first. This is not something we can tell them and they will get. It must be something we tell them and model. Tell them and model. There's very few things in this world that are worth passing on to the next generation that can just be taught by words. Most of it must be done by modeling. And if you're anything like me, I know that I have a lot of room to grow in this area. And I want to get better at this because I want to see the next generation love people more than their stuff, more than the phones they have, more than their computers, more than their trucks and cars, more than their houses, and more than the clothes they wear. I want them to always put people first. And so here's what I'll do. I want to challenge you guys as we talk through. Jesus had some things to say. It's kind of interesting. Jesus taught this to his disciples. And if you just think about that for a real, for a real good second. I mean, as I was preparing this, I thought, man, Jesus taught this 2,000 years ago. And this is in a culture that did not have QVC, did not have Amazon, did not have Netflix, did not have phones, did not have all this stuff. And yet he was teaching to his culture where they were. Think about what, compared to what we have, how little this culture had in the first century, right? If you, if you had a house, you usually lived with your extended family. You didn't have your own room. You didn't even have your own bed. In fact, married folks slept in the same bed with their kids, right? Because you had one space. And this is, this is what I'm saying. Like, to, to teach this lesson to the first century people, it just kind of blows my mind. And yet Jesus says this is important for us to consider even then. So just even, even more so, like double it, triple it, 10 times as much important for us with the number of things that we could be placing our love toward, right? Instead of the things that we do. So, so here's, here's the kind of deal. I want you to know that the, the idea that we want to is that it's just so much easier 
to love stuff than to love people. That's really, that's really the key today because the, the gravitational pull of our lives is always going to be about loving what's easy. And it's easy to love stuff because, I don't know but you know this, but your phone, it very rarely gossips behind your back. I mean, I mean sometimes something happens in the digital world, but usually it's a person behind the phone. The phone actually didn't do anything. And your new couch, oh my goodness, it never ever lets you down until it gets old and then you buy a new one. But your new couch, right, it's always there for you. And it's so easy to love stuff because you can always just get new stuff. But people, darn it, they're not easy to replace or get out of your life. And so Jesus teaches this because he wants to make sure that we all know this is really a heart issue and not just a stuff issue. So let me, let's dive into one of the things and principles that Jesus applies and has his disciples kind of grab onto from the very beginning. He says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Now, here's, here's something about this teaching that I think is interesting. This is, all, this is descriptive and prescriptive. And here's what I mean by that. It's descriptive because you can look at your checkbook or your bank statement right now and know what it is that you love. It's very, it's very descriptive. This will be an eye-opening experience if you've never done this before. I remember that uh, before I got married, um, my then-girlfriend, we, we happened to just look through her checkbook registry, and she was like, oh my goodness, the last seven checks I wrote to Papa John's. Now, now, it wasn't Papa John's that she loved, okay? I'm just saying, I liked Papa John's. And she was writing checks for, so she could be around me at dinner. I'm just saying, but we knew where her heart was, you know? Because we could tell by her check registry who she wanted to be around, the guy who loved Papa John's. See, that's the way it works. It's descriptive. So what you spend your money and time on and your energy on, that's going to be a good clue about where your heart is. But this is also prescriptive. This is interesting because basically... If, if you're tired of eating bad food, guess what you do next time you go to the grocery store? You invest and buy healthy food. And then when you get back home, you don't have bad food in your refrigerator or your pantry or your shelves. And so when you go to get something, you're like, man, I really want something bad to eat. You've already invested. See, it's prescriptive. Or, or if you realize your family... We, just, we spend too much time watching DirecTV. We just spend too much time. Guess what? Save that $150 and invest that somewhere else, and then you won't have that direct TV problem. Now, I'm not blaming anything on those things. Those are things that can be good things in your life. I, I'm just saying, when, when you look at what Jesus teaches here, where your treasure is, that's where the desires of your heart will be. This becomes a, a much clearer issue for all of us. Because while we say out loud, I want to love people and I want the next generation to love people more than my stuff, if you take a look at what you're spending your money and your time on, is it on investing in the people around you or is it on investing in the stuff around you? This is a, real, this is a really clear-cut issue, right? And here, and here we are trying to make sure that the next generation gets this right. My question for you is, and this is the bottom line for today, do they see you daily loving people more than possessions? Like on your, would you, I don't want you to look, don't say, well, the general input of my life and overall I think I do. And, uh, just, let's just break it down. Let's just break it down today. Today, are you modeling well that people are more important than possessions? That's the real question. And here's, Jesus teaches something in a second. I'm going to show you a second verse. That this is more than just about your checkbook or creating a budget plan, 
or making sure that you have a, a good balance in your financial peace university, that's all, hey, listen, you need that stuff. I'm not saying you don't. But this is deeper than that. This is more than that. Because we would like to think that loving people is something good we add on to the other good things in our lives, but it's not. Jesus says it's, it's much deeper than that. It's much more serious than that. He says this, No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Listen, this is not something you can just add into your life. This is not like, hey, I can love people and love my stuff. You can't do it. It's just like we talked about last week, and you really need to go back and listen to last week's week's message if if you're kind of interested in this topic at all. Because listen, you can't send a clear message to the next generation by trying to do both. It will become a mixed message, and it will get confusing, and then they're going to stop watching you model it because they're going to be like, man, what a hypocrite. Okay, so this is something that Jesus says, no, no, this is all the way to the heart level. This is about what you love. This is, about, this is about what spills out of you in those moments when your kid accidentally spills something on your brand new car or on your brand new outfit or on your brand new couch or your carpet. And it was an accident. And yes, you had already told them, do not go near the couch with your juice. You'd already told them. This was a clear disobedience issue. I'm not, I'm not debating that. But here's what I know. In those moments, is it, oh my goodness, you've ruined my entire evening. I can't believe what you did here. Oh my goodness. And then three days later, it's still, ugh, look, I couldn't get the stain out. It's still guilt. And let me just ask you, do you really care about your kid's heart or the carpet more? As a boss, listen, you, you sometimes make decisions for your employees that impacts. They have to make hard decisions because you're making deals, and yes, these are lucrative deals, and you're going to make a, a great deal of money, and it's going to explode the business, but you've got to know that you've said that you're a family-friendly atmosphere. And over the next few weeks, those people, because you've made this commitment on this deal, they're going to have to work overtime and not see their families because you're making that deal. Let me just ask you, which is one you love the most? Do you love the people around you or do you love the stuff you can get out of them? And this is what we all have to consider. This is not an easy topic. And all of you are right now going, gosh, I wish I hadn't been here today. I know, me too. Imagine being me having to talk about this, right? I spent all week debating whether I should come at you this hard or not because, and people kept telling me, no, you, you got to say, you got to say the truth. Okay, well, here's, here's the truth of it. Here's why we debate this issue. Here's why we don't live it out. Here's why we often say it and don't do it. It's because we really believe, we really believe that we can serve two masters. We really do. And we get confused so easily about the purpose and significance we get from stuff. See, Paul, one of the early followers of Jesus, actually was talking to a guy named Timothy in one of his letters, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy in the Bible. In 1 Timothy, he's writing this letter to Timothy, and he, Timothy's the next generation leader for the church. And Paul's letting Timothy know, hey, this is a tough issue. This is a tough issue to teach people how to follow. This is a tough issue for all of us to follow. Let me help you get a kind of a plan in your life. And so Paul comes up with this amazing way for us to think about this issue in a different way so that instead of just saying it, we actually do it. So let's take a look at what Paul recommends for us. He says, Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world 
not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. And, and I know many of you are like, man, I'm not rich. Okay, listen, I, I know you may not be rich, rich, but if you've ever been arrogant or you've put your hope in wealth, then you can count yourself as rich. That's what Paul says. Paul says, hey, if you've ever been arrogant about something you've had and you thought you've got the best thing or you got the best thing better than somebody else, or if you've ever put your hope in wealth, man, if I could just make four more dollars an hour, man, it would really make my life. If you've ever put your hope in wealth, then you're rich, okay? So you can't let yourself off the hook today. Which is so uncertain, that wealth. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our what? Enjoyment. And this is interesting. Paul teaches Timothy, look, look, you've got to teach all the rich people. Listen, God's looking out for their enjoyment too, okay? God doesn't want you to be just despondent and poor and not to have anything. Okay, God's not out there hoping for you to just be a, a destitute person on the street. That's not what he's out. God's looking out for also your enjoyment. He's looking out for everything, so don't, so don't put this out on God, the, the fact that I'm telling you that you need this next part. This is not God, like God's fault that he's, he's making you feel guilty because you're rich. The rich part is not the big deal. Here's the big deal. Paul says, do this. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. There's your plan. In this way, they will lay up, here's that word again, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. See, guys, I think we get confused. We get to thinking that because we have stuff, we have life. Because I can have this, oh, that makes me happy. And we get so confused. Guess what we've passed on to the next generation? That stuff actually is what makes you happy. And guys, we know this isn't true. We know this is a lie, and yet we continue to live it out. You guys know this is, you know this is not real. Every Black Friday, just, just seriously, on Black Friday, you get there first, you get one of the five TVs left for under $100. You can't believe the deal you got. You go back and celebrate. You get it wrapped up for Christmas. It's such a big deal. But listen, listen, is that making you more significant? Or which one makes you feel better? Or, or does going down the street to your neighbor who's lonely and spending 30 minutes with them, and for them to look at you and say, man, I was really hoping somebody dropped by this week. I, I've just been needed somebody to talk to. Which one makes you feel more purposeful and significant? Getting that deal on Black Friday or spending some time with that lady? We all know what the answer is. Gosh, to sit down for 30 minutes with somebody who needs you, that's, that's more fulfilling, that's more purposeful, more significant. This is what Paul's talking about here. The treasure is finding life in serving and loving others more than your stuff. So be rich in good deeds. Be willing to share because that stuff is just stuff. It's not going to make you happy. And we, we struggle so much with this one concept. And listen, whether you're a Christian or not, you're agreeing with this whole thing. You're like, yeah, I know. We're supposed to love people more than stuff, but it's so, isn't it so easy isn't it so easy to love your stuff? Think, think about it. How much overtime would you, would, you, would you work? And how much would you figure and plan to go on a big family vacation to somewhere your family's never been? And I'm not saying, look, I do this too. 
But I, let's just do a comparison real quick. You spend, you spend months and months and months saving. You put together a savings plan. Maybe for you it's a, it's a, it's a new car. Maybe for you it's, a, it's, a, it's a moving up in the house world. You trade one house for another. And you, and you do this whole... Do, man, you're on a two or three year plan because you want this, Right? And you sacrifice stuff and you, you sell stuff that you don't need and you are focused in and focused and look at all the time and energy over years that you spend to make sure you can get that stuff. Have you ever spent that long and that much energy saving money to give away? To teach the next generation that maybe it's worth the sacrifice for even investing in, in people, not just stuff? See, this, this is where it gets real. Because if we want the next generation, and we do, to love people more than stuff, then we have to do it. And we have to figure out how to do it well so that they can watch it and see it modeled because they will not get it unless we model it. So here's your challenge for today. I know you're not ready, but here it comes anyway, all right? Admit where you're wrong. Make a plan to correct it. Ta-da! Right? Here we go. So here's what you got to do this week. you got to figure it out. And I don't know, this is not a guilt message. I, you're like, man, it is a guilt message. I, it's not a guilt message. Here's why it's not. Because I don't know what you struggle with. All the examples I used today were for me. And if they connected with you, great. But listen, we got to figure out what it is that drives our heart. You got to sit down and figure that out. And you got to admit where your heart is chasing stuff rather than investing in people. And for you to figure that out, maybe you need to admit to that some people who are watching you. And then you need to make a plan, like Paul says, to be rich in good deeds, to correct it, to be willing to share. Whatever that plan looks like for you. And here, here's what's so exciting about this. And, I, I, and now I got to see, I got I to, this is going to be tough. I got to bring you back to, to reality here. We all in the room believe this is the right thing to do with our lives. Like nobody walks out of here going, man, I didn't, I didn't agree with anything he said. Everybody believes this. Isn't this a great news that we all here believe that to love people is more important than loving our stuff? And what if, what if just the people in this room got serious about this one big idea? What would the next generation think about 150 to 200 people actually living this out on a daily basis where when they watch us, they are like, man, they really do love people more than their stuff. I can't, I can't believe it. That's, that's amazing. And they're so happy about it. They look so joyful and they, they seem like they're enjoying life more even though they don't seem to like really get into the stuff that everybody gets into and, and they gave up this to have, so they could give it to somebody. I, I don't get it, but man, that is crazy that they're actually doing what they say. And these other people... Wouldn't that be a great thing for the next generation to see in all of us? And so I want to send you out with the, the actual possibility that the next generation, rather than upgrading their lives sometimes, will upgrade the lives of other people. That rather than, rather than, than using guilt to manipulate people, they will see that they actually love those people more than the stuff they get out of them, and they will, they will just delve into that relationship and forgive and reach out that the next generation would be willing to share what they have with other people who are in need this is what we want and i want us all to want that so bad that we're willing to change even if it hurts a little bit 
that we're willing to stop going after the things that we think will make us happy when we know it really won't. The significance comes from serving and loving other people. So if you have to this week, if you have to, spend some time thinking about how your heart is pulled away from people and correct it. Jesus says only a heart change can do this. Only a heart change. You can't serve two masters. You will either love one and hate the other. So make a decision this week. Where is your heart going to go? Look back and go, if I look at my money and my time and my energy, where is it going? Is it going toward investing people? Or is it going toward just getting more stuff? And then change the direction. Prescriptively, lay your treasures into people. Wouldn't that be amazing? Guys, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it deeply that we need God's help to do this. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for Jesus' example of how he lived this out in his own life. That he, he didn't even own anything when he left this world. He didn't, have, he didn't have a place to lay his head. He didn't, he didn't own a home. He, he didn't have anything but the clothes on his, on his body. And even at the end, those were even sold as he died. God, he had nothing. And yet he had great significance and great purpose in serving us. And goes, God, please help us to follow that example. To live a, a model to the next generation of what that will look like in our today's world. God, for, for us to just help us to be clear on where our hearts are not getting this right so that we can change. And God, I pray most of all that we would actually move, move our treasure to where our heart needs to be. And soon, God, our heart will follow and you'll bring us greater significance and purpose. And God, the next generation will see that loving people is better than loving stuff every time. And your sons, I pray it. Amen.